What up, royal family? Welcome back to the Queen X Podcast, the podcast where we discuss ways to live a life with an ash-free mindset. So you guys have tuned in for part two of the Love During Lockup series that I did with my husband, The Roz, and I really appreciate you guys giving us such awesome feedback on the very first episode. Um, like I said in the first episode, this was has been by far my favorite and most vulnerable interview sitting down with my husband talking about um, a very trying time that we went through together um, which was his four-year prison sentence and so the first episode was kind of like an intro to the beginning of our relationship transitioning to being um, two free people in a relationship into one of us being incarcerated and that was whenever my husband went to prison for four years in a federal prison so you learned a lot about us in the first episode so the second episode is kind of kind of going to go into more details as far as um, what we did to stay connected whenever we were physically unable to be together. How did we stay emotionally connected, um, emotionally invested in our relationship for four entire years? Um, so we discuss um, the our top two ways, things that we did in order to keep the love alive in our relationship. So we talk about the importance of um, communication and writing letters, as well as the importance of keeping your emotions in check, because we'll listen to the episode and you'll figure out why. But um, we figured that those were probably the most two, our top two most important things. So we wanted to share those. In part three, you'll learn about the other two things that we did um, to keep the romance in our relationship alive during that four year sentence. And like this podcast, if you're interested in the topic, share it with a friend, share it with somebody who may be going through the same thing. I really want you guys to just enjoy the vibes, enjoy the energy that the Roz and I shared during this interview, enjoy the laughs with us. Definitely leave us a review on Google Podcast or iTunes Podcast or Apple Podcast, whatever they're calling it nowadays. And um, let us know how you're enjoying this episode. I have really, really, really been loving you guys' feedback. And like I said, there's more people going through this than I ever realized and recognized. And so I'm so glad that we're able to share our story with you. And you can see um, just how far we've come during this time. And a lot of people know that even though we did all of these things during the prison sentence, we still ended up breaking up and taking a six month break whenever he got out of prison, just because transitioning from prison back out here into the real world is, um, it's very trying. It's a lot on a person. And so we did end up taking a six month break from our relationship. Obviously we got back together, but I do definitely think that that six months was needed just for just for him to get a bearings on things, just being thrown back out here into the world like that. It was a lot for him. And I just wanted to be there, you know, as a support without being um, like adding an extra additive of be my man full time type of thing. So um, enjoy this episode. Like I said, leave us a review and tell me what you think. Enjoy. So since you got the background, you know, and um, all of my accolades, thank you very much, honey. Yes, toot my own horn. Uh, I figured that it would be a good idea if we kind of talked to you guys a little bit about keeping the romance alive. Okay. 
in the relationship during the sentence. And I'm going to tell you, we got very good at this. We have plenty of practice because we did this for four years straight. Okay. You think that his first sentence was two years and he did four years incarcerated in a federal prison. And you said that federal prison was even different than state prison, right? Way different. So federal prison is different than state prison and being in a relationship in prison is different than being single in prison. Very. <laughs> okay, so... The single people was was hollering at me to see if uh, uh, I could get you to... Uh, oh, you were when, in federal? Yeah, remember my partners, they would be like, hey, uh, you think your girl could uh, message... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, got, I got a couple of friends to be pen pals. I got a couple of friends to be pen pals. Cousins to be pen pals with um some of your friends in there, so... Mm-hmm. I was a love doctor making connections out here, you know, but, um, so yes, let's get back to the romance part. So we did four years of being in a relationship at, you know, in prison. So from your perspective, no, I'll tell you the very first thing that kept us alive and kept us afloat was letters. The phone calls I thought were great. I loved hearing your voice, especially when you would call me first thing in the morning, but the letters were something that I, it was tangible that I could always get back to you. So when you first went into prison, we were writing each other every single day, like literally every single day, I would get something in the mail from you, you would be getting something. And I know that the guys that you were locked up with were probably super jealous because nobody was on top of the mail like I was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you know, that's a uh, that's a bragging like that's whenever you're incarcerated, the level of love and support a person gets from the outside kind of shows you their character on the outside. You know, like if somebody's not getting no mail, not getting no money, not you know can't get a, a doesn't have anybody to call, it's kind of like well, damn look at what what was you doing out there? Like, what kind of person were you out there? To right, where this you is true. Where you don't got, you don't got no kind of support. You don't got nobody that loves you. You know, nobody that, you know, like, so it's a, it's a big, it's a big, uh, tell all, you know, the kind of, it, it, it just kind of showcased the kind of person you were, um, out in the world, mm-hmm. you know, so if you getting this love and support while you're in here, then then you was a a, a good person. You were a good person, mm-hmm. you know. So the reason why I um, I really liked the letters, well, you know, I still have every single one of the letters that you ever sent me in prison. I have them categorized in order from the date that I received them. Listen, she's so crazy, right? <laughs> the, when, the first week we were together. Now you remember, I just got out of prison. Oh my god! The gosh. first week we were together, I'm she wrote. Still mad. She wrote a note to me, right? She wrote a note. It was in the morning time. You know, she gave it to me, and so I read it. 
I kind of laughed and smiled and then ripped it up and threw it in the trash. <laughs> and oh, my goodness, she was so upset. But, you know, that was just, you know, that was a prison to, um, uh, uh, um, kind of muscle memory, especially because you wrote it just like on a little not even half sheet of paper so that's a kite was, like that 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 was like some contraband in prison <laughs> like you giving me a message you know what i'm saying like i was like oh okay let me destroy this let me rip this up she even gave me a kite let me rip this up flush it down the toilet you know but uh yeah it was the it was literally the lyrics to a jodeci song where they're like last night i wrote you a letter and it went this way baby i love you just thinking of yes i wrote that to him and he's just like oh this is cute rip rip and literally <laughs> as he's ripping it in my face i'm like my heart <laughs> my heart yeah this nigga is trash <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't know but yeah. that literally it is um the deprogramming after prison that will have to be a, a whole other episode that we talk about because that was something that was very different for me being with you after after the first year i mean what we got together what was it the first month after you got out of your two-year sentence and then i noticed a couple of things that i was just like first of all i'm like why is this man wearing shoes in the shower <laughs> What is what is going on here? And then I was wearing shower shoes. Let's clear that up. I don't got some I don't got some Air Maxes on in the shower. I had sandals on. Okay, they're shower shoes. And it just felt I I mean it, it felt he weird. He was a germaphobe. Yeah, I was he a was germaphobe. a germaphobe. And it just felt weird. It felt weird because you remember before I would stop wearing the shower shoes, we had to get a shower mat. Uh, when we got our first apartment we had to get a, a shower mat because uh like my feet just on the shower floor just felt too unnatural he for could me. not function and then the second time after doing his four-year sentence and us like getting back together and just being around each other it was still just a, just little things that i would notice that you know he kind of had to ease up out of that routine and it it took you know, months and for some things, uh, like at least a year for him to kind of be um, a free citizen again. And I would remind him, I would be like, um, you're not in prison anymore. <laughs> so the letters, whenever you are writing to one another, you can tell, especially over a four year time period, you can tell what kind of mental state your partner is in from those letters and i know a lot of people be on this whole jail talk people love to degrade and down talk people that get letters because they're like oh that's just that jail talk what you have to know about jail talk though is um <clears throat> you will know if this person is truly feeling like that if he would talk to you like that before when he was free if he's only bringing these things up now and talking to you like that now that he's locked up that is that's false shit well <clears throat> i i see that perspective uh, uh, the perspective of being in there is i'm gonna tell y'all a lot of times you gotta be like that's jail talk that's jail talk a lot of times in that moment is genuine you know like you gotta understand that this man is stripped of basically everything that makes him a man and there's no distractions there's no 
kind of uh, influence like he's really it's just him and his thoughts there's no uh, liquor you know there's no weed which you know there is but not enough for you to just be in this inebriated state all the time mm -hmm. you know so uh, the majority of the time like you're really at your most purest you know uh, there's not a whole lot of influence of your friend or work or uh, drugs or alcohol or just the perception of whatever kind of imagery you hold out here <clears throat> so a lot of times the jail talk is you know it's it's intent is pure in that moment like they really feel like that mm -hmm. in that moment you know it's not just a make-believe thing it's something that they're able to tap into in that moment now maintaining it once they get out that's a that's a that's a whole nother story you know but in that moment a lot of a lot of what people are saying they really feel that in that moment now there is there is a lot of uh, um there's also people who that are just running that game too you know because pimps go to jail too yeah yeah and, and there's a lot of people that think they pimps or players or you know and a lot of people are just reaching you know really if you got sound discernment you could peep it out you know because if you just meet somebody if you meet somebody in prison and by the second letter they talking about love well, then you would just be like, what? You know, like, no, oh, this ain't, you know. If you've been knowing somebody for a while and then they get locked up and then they start talking a little bit more romance, but there was a fling, like, you just gotta, you know, you, you, you know, we know. We know when somebody's <laughs> full of shit. We know when somebody's full of shit. All of us do. A lot of times, though, we just make allowances for it and we'll justify it and we'll you know basically ignore our gut feeling or ignore what we know to be true but <clears throat> a lot of the times what those men are feeling is exactly what they're feeling they're lonely they tapping into emotions that they don't normally tap into out mm -hmm. here in the in the outside world well that's what i was gonna say is i don't i don't necessarily think that um jail talk is like a from my experience with you i just didn't think that it was like a real valid thing because <clears throat> you the way that you spoke to me in the letters was a reflection of how you treated me in our relationship in that two and a half years whenever we were together so i was just like you know i completely 100 percent believe that he actually does feel like this now would you have said those things to me whenever you were out here and you were free I don't you didn't express and say those things to me but you showed it to me mm -hmm. in other ways in in your actions yeah you know so and that's what letters do is they create a medium for a person to really dive in and express themselves how they would never express themselves before because it's detached you know you able to sit there and write the letter and i'm gonna tell y'all y'all get a, a really good letter from from jail that thing is like that's like the second or third draft <laughs> <laughs> really yeah 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 let's go sit there and write it out 
just what come to mind then you're gonna go back through and you're gonna edit and you're gonna edit and switch stuff around and you're gonna orchestrate that and then you're gonna rewrite it you know because you want the it, that's why you'll see be like man how, uh, people in jail write really write really good that's because they're not just trying to get their thoughts out they then already got it out because you got you got insane you got all day you got plenty of time for this so you get your thoughts out and then once you get your thoughts organized how you want to then you go back through and make sure you got nice penmanship you know and then you put a little cologne on it and then you seal it and you be like you drop it in that mailbox like this gonna get her right here yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah this gonna get her right here you know so i wonder if all inmates are putting in that much work or if it's just the virgos it's a lot of it's a lot of them it's a lot of them it's it's, it's it really is it's a it's a lot trust me i was uh, I've, I've been around quite a few and uh, um, the people that take it serious like like I'm saying you get a good letter I'm not talking about you just get some uh, uh, bullshit you know like hey I need $25 tell my mama if she could send me 15 and my auntie if she'll send me 10 and ask my cousin what's up with that 20 and you know like <laughs> no you know you probably get that on the email you know and, yeah. and that's what on the, on the emails too you'll write out you write it out first and then get on there because it costs per minute you oh, know yeah. how it costs per minute how long you're on there for the email you know and a lot of times if a person can't type they'll pay somebody that can type fast to go on there and, and email it for you that's actually very smart but letters got real important for us because we uh i kept i got in, in trouble and lost my phone privileges for a whole year a whole year i did not hear his voice for a whole year well first of all i got banned from the prison so when he first got locked up i got banned from the prison after our first the first time i went to go visit him i got to see him two days in a row on the second day we got in trouble mm -hmm. doing doing a little hanky panky things we shouldn't have been doing in there and i got banned from the prison for a whole year and by the time that they were going to lift the band, um, he got moved to California. Yeah, and I couldn't see him. California was just too far. It was too far and too expensive. I couldn't get out there. So I never seen him for the rest of the time he was locked up. Mm -hmm. And then sometime, was that whenever you were in California when you got your phone privileges taken away? Or that was in Texas? No, that was, it started in Texas. Mm. The last time I got in trouble, they took my phone for a year. Yep, they took my phone for a year. So the only communication that we had with each other was through writing. Mm -hmm. We could write letters to each other and we could write emails. And that was really hard because um, the Roz is a stickler for bad news should never be written down. No. All, all bad news got to come from the phone conversation. Yeah, anything that needs deeper discussion or that's going to be negative in nature should not be handled through the email or letters because what happens with the letters or emails is it just becomes one-sided there's no discourse it's, it just turns into a rant to where now you're ranting back and forth at each other and nobody's really listening you just responding so whenever it comes to situations like that it needs to be a conversation on the phone so that there can be emotion tied to what's being said you know so <clears throat> you know because the voice has power and you need to be able to work that out right then and there 
You know, if the phone call can only be 15 minutes, oh, excuse me. If the phone call can only be 15 minutes, then you need to utilize that 15 minutes of back and forth. And if you got to call back, then you call back. But yeah, you can't do uh, bad news or arguments over letters or the uh, email. It's too detached. It's too impersonal. It is. And it's just, it's, it's horrible because it's snail mail so now i have to wait i've sent this letter cussing you the fuck out because you want some shit and now i gotta wait for you to get the letter and then write me back so i can receive that like who wants to argue back and forth with somebody for two weeks she would literally send a letter i would call her we would talk and then she would be like uh just don't even read that letter that you gotta get I'm a hothead. I'm a hothead. I'm very emotional. Okay. Which brings me to my second point. Okay. Everybody need to keep their emotions in check. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the keeping the romance and the love alive literally means you got to keep your shit in check because emotions run high. Ego runs high. Jealousy runs high. Stress runs high. You, you just, you need to keep it all together. Keep it realistic and know that you just be very aware of your mates he's really going through something that that you will hopefully never understand like he said being a man where you're stripped of your power like you still have all this masculinity all this this hoorah in you and you have people walking around with i don't know what do they have batons and pepper spray like no, they don't even. All they got is keys. That's all they got. That's all they got is keys to <laughs> unlock doors. And they'd be mad about that. They'd be mad about that, that they got to unlock a door for you. Okay, you know? well, you have the people with the keys walking around, like, yelling at you and keeping ma- keeping your masculinity in check. And that is very... I can understand that that's frustrating and it can come out... Well, um, the feds were different. It's got states more like that to where they be trying to play you like that but the feds was a lot different because the feds was more serious like they understand the caliber of people that are in there you know so it was very much a respect thing it was very the the guards were very respectful you know because of the caliber of prisoners that they're housing Mm-hmm. You know, but it's still, it's still like, yeah, you can't, your power is stripped and, you know, <clears throat> you can't just go outside when you want to. You can't go eat when you want to. You can't, uh, you know, go to the store and get what you want when you want. You can't, you know, it's just everything is regulated and there's structure you know and you don't have complete free will and then what's really crushes a person especially because most people out there you know being the breadwinner a lot of people rely and depend on on them you know where you so what ends up happening is now you're stuck in a position to where you're kind of dependent on them luckily if you you know got some kind of hustle to you that was one of the things that a brother 
uh, pulled me to too. He said, you don't want to add any more to her plate. You know, talking about Autumn, like you don't want to you don't want to be another bill. So you got to find a hustle, you know. And so that's what I did. You know, I found other hustles to basically live off the land uh, while I was there to where, you know, she only had to put money on the phone. Like the money she put on the phone, I used to call her, you know, or to email or, you know, but the money that she sent would be spent back on her, you know. And uh, um, but being being there and hearing about you know, like, oh, they foreclosing on, you know, your auntie's house or such and such is getting evicted or, you know, such and such is going to surgery and they got to do this. They got to do that. Mm-hmm. They're out of work or my grandma's back's hurt. And now she, you know, and all this and all that. And normally where they would be able to step in and help take charge, make stuff happen. And, you know, everybody be all right. Now they got to just sit back and just be like, whoops. I mean, I can't do nothing but be mad that I'm in here, you know? So that was a, that was a huge thing but checking the emotion you know that it's one of those things to where it's a two-way street where the support you have to support each other so there would be times when i'm just in a terrible mood and it would be her job and i had to tell her this uh I had to tell her, like, listen, if I'm negative, because she would get mad. Why are you calling me with that negative? And I have to tell her, like, I don't have any other way. I don't have any other outlets, you know. It's either I vent to you or I take it out on another prisoner or one of these guards and end up in trouble, you know. So this is you're my outlet. So I need you to pull me out of it. You know, it took a little while, but I'd have to, you know, I just had to tell her, like, you have to pull me out of it and it's the same way on the flip side where as you know i need to call her in the morning i would call her in the morning just for a minute or two just to say i love you and you're beautiful you're gonna do great today you don't have a productive day and you know it's gonna be a good day and positive day and this and that or a couple minutes at the nighttime you know just as it, and 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 it's just to be you know that support system like somebody's in your corner somebody got your back you know i remember uh you had just would you quit or get fired from that uh shipping place oh i quit that bitch yeah she, she was horrible yeah so she quit and she was just real down and sad and this and that and the car had just broke down and everything and you know and uh you know you needed a job so i'll tell you like just well go get a job you know like it's within your power mm-hmm. go get a job go fill out 10 applications today you know then go fill out 10 applications tomorrow and I think it was like two days later, you got that job at the 7-Eleven and you back up. So that's, that's you know, like you got to basically you got to pick up the pick up the slack for the other person. Yeah. You got to, you know, you got to tag team and you got to uh, uh, be each other's support. Especially system. because we didn't have the the physical. The physical is completely mm-hmm. gone. So that having that emotional support, especially 
when you know when I'm on my cycle my emotions be a little cray cray and it's incredibly important always 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 he was always there to bring things back down to a reality for me and like he said calling me and giving me pep talks in the morning those things would really help me to be able to push through the day and be like you know what you're right I am fierce I got this this is a beautiful day today is going to be a great day and we are one day closer to being reunited one day closer mm-hmm. yeah she stayed with a countdown which I hated because I didn't even I <laughs> was not trying to think about the days or or how many she'd be like guess what dear we're down to 572 days like oh really is that it I was being so I thought I was being so positive and so optimistic and you know it perspective guys it's all about perspective because what I definitely thought was helping me get through was like fucking stabbing him in the back every time I would say it so and through when he did get his phone calls back he would call me like he said he would call me like we because we didn't try to waste up a bunch of our minutes you only get so many minutes per month yeah 300 minutes a month per imagine talking to your spouse for only 300 minutes per month some of you are probably like hell i wish that i wish that this motherfucker would put a limit on his mouth yes let me get that limit but we only had 300 minutes per month and so he would talk to me maybe like five minutes in the morning five minutes in the evening and that's it when it got down to like the last week that he was about to get out this dude would call me like we probably spent 300 minutes on the phone that week period he would call me all the time and I'd be like I'm literally about to see you in a couple days <laughs> what do you want I'm just so excited I, I can't wait I can't believe I'm about to be we're gonna be together I just can't believe so that I really liked your excitement that was the one time whenever I was like okay I'd much rather have these phone calls than the letters right now mm-hmm Okay, guys, so that's that on that. Um, like I said, point one and two for how it is that we kept our romance and the love alive during the prison sentence. And what I'm actually noticing going back and re-listening to this interview and editing this is we actually do still use a lot of these points in our everyday relationship right now. We don't write letters to each other anymore because we just openly communicate, but writing letters to each other and expressing ourselves the way that we did has helped us when it comes to verbally communicating and receiving one another's emotions and things like that whenever we are communicating with each other. So like I said, we are still utilizing a lot of these uh, these tools. So big ups to us on doing that. So if you just enjoyed the episode that you heard and you want to support the Queen X podcast, I would love, 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 love it if you would share this podcast, review this podcast on any platform that you're listening to it on, or if you really want to put your money where your mouth is, become a Patreon supporter. So the Patreon is now open and available. We have three tiers completely open to you guys you could choose from, um, ranging from $2, $5, $10, $15, $20, $30, $40, $50, $60, $70, $80, $90, $100, $200, $300, $400, $500, $600, $700, $800, $1000, $1000, $1000, $1000, $
$5 and a big $15. We actually do have content that I just put up on the Patreon that is exclusive to the $5 and $15 tiers. Only people that are going to be able to view those videos and listen to that content are people that become patrons at those tier levels. But if you just want to donate a $2 a month, um, you can still get a reward. You can still gain act access to some content that I post up. But most importantly, you get a shout out right here in this section of the podcast where I will shout you out and say, hey, we have new patrons. Thank you guys so much for becoming Patreons. And I appreciate you. And your name goes here, 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 and here. So thank you to the future Patreons because we don't have any yet. Um, what the money with the Patreon does is it enables me to keep doing what it is that I love to do, which is supporting black and brown businesses. I love to create a black and brown people of color ecosystem. So that means that I will be spending my money like I do anyways with black and brown creatives, artists, videographers, um, therapists, doctors, um, car dealers, car detailers, literally anybody who is a black or brown person that is in business, you guys' money enables me to spread that money amongst our community. Um, a lot of these black and brown entrepreneurs and creatives are just trying to live their life to the fullest, not being stressed out at a nine to five job, doing what they love to do, but they also have kids to feed in the meantime or kids to, that they have to send to school or um, that they're trying to put themselves through school. And I'm a very non-selfish person. My lifestyle that I live is actually incredibly minimal. So the amount of money that I have and that me and the Roz have um, accumulated together is all the money that I need in order to live. But I would like to have extra money to be able to spend amongst other black businesses. So I greatly appreciate you guys donating and becoming Patreons and following me on my journey and, you know, um, giving me feedback and watching my videos and sharing my videos and just being a part of the Queen X community. I love it. I love it. I love y'all. I love life. And we are doing this thing together as non-ashy as we possibly can. So go ahead, follow the link that is in the description for this episode. And I will see you guys next week. Peace.